Hi, it's Sophie here, and it's about 24 hours after we finished the initial recording. Basically, this podcast was us trying to figure things out about Elden Ring and Elden Ring's world design, um, as we've done before, and what you're looking at here is our attempt to figure out what these six areas of the game are likely to be. So these six kingdoms in Elden Ring, from what we could make out from this, seem to be the Arm King's Castle, which is where most of the trailer takes place, the castle that's full of corpses, the place that kind of looks like Irithyll, the volcano, the place full of beast people, and probably the snowy mountain area. There's also other little places we notice too, like there is a very conspicuous tree with a spire next to it, there's a statue of a person in a robe, and there's what looks like the place that we meet Shanalot a lot at the beginning. This isn't all confirmed or anything, but uh, we just thought we'd show you where we ended up before we start the journey to get there. The podcast hasn't started yet, so I can't say back to the podcast, so let's begin the podcast. Hi Sophie! Hi Sin! Hi everyone! And welcome to the Snack Covenant, episode 253. And today, we're doing yet another analysis of the Elden Ring trailer. <laughs> yeah, I ran the numbers, and um, it's incorrect to say we've made a video about Elden Ring every day this week, but we have made more than one video every two days. Hello and welcome to the first part of another Elden Ring video. Some more interviews with Hidetaka Miyazaki have been released since the last one, Sophie and Sin will go over them and talk about what they learned. So a lot of new information came out fairly recently. Yeah, it did, yeah. And you did some extensive research while I was eating. <laughs> Yes, yes, as is often the case. <laughs> so they specified what the Tarnished were. Basically, the Tarnished are people who are from the Lands Between, and they used to have, like, the blessing of the Elden Ring. They used to have this golden aura to them. Mm -hmm. And they lost that aura, and when they lost the aura, they were cast out. But now that the Shattering War has happened, and the Gods of the Lands Between have kind of also lost that Golden Blessing, the Tarnished are returning. And Miyazaki has said, like, basically that is the sort of hook for the character, that's what you're doing, is you're going back to somewhere that you were cast out of, and your journey through there is about, like, how you relate to this place that sort of once cast you out and now wants you back again. So basically, the Tarnished were cancelled, and now they're uncancelled. Yes. Mm-hmm. This was interesting, because apparently the whole Tarnished thing about, like, losing the blessing and wanting the blessing back, that is George R. R. Martin's creation. Hmm. Because when I first read that, that was the thing that struck me as, like, the most obviously from sounding. Because it sounds very much like the Ashen One from Dark Souls 3, where, like, you're someone who failed to link the fire, but then you're resurrected and sort of 
what makes you unique is your ability to like take the fire into yourself and become embered. That's very true. Yeah, so describing it as like you lost this golden blessing, but you can, now you can go get it back. It seemed very sort of gamey to me. Mm-hmm. Way back when in that trailer two years ago, the characters like on that battlefield when they were fighting each other, the gold was like pouring out of them into the sky. Yeah. And at the time we were like, oh, that really looks like souls. The way that like in souls games, when things die, the souls come out of them as this like sort of gray mist and float toward you or in bloodborne it's a red mist because it's blood echoes but same basic principle and we were like oh okay the gold stuff is probably the soul equivalent oh oh you're so smart (laughs) so far what we've seen looks like it plays very similarly to the souls games like they have mentioned the way that like Online works and co-op works, summons work, there's going to be covenants, there's going to be bloodstains, going to be phantoms. All those things, like, I'm assuming that, like the other Souls games, there is going to be a singular, like, currency thing. That you use for leveling up and you use for for buying things, just because that's how they've done things so far. And um, I'm guessing the, the blessing will be that. Like, as you defeat enemies, bits of the blessing will go into you. And then you can then spend that making yourself stronger, or you can trade it with people. And also the blessing, like, might be related to the hollow and human system. There's probably, like, another bloodstain mechanic where, like, if you die, you will leave your blessing behind on the spot you died. Like, I'm expecting it'll work like this, unless we hear otherwise. That's super cool, Sophie. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sin. Something we talked about last time, but we'll reiterate now because we're going to go over screenshots, is the interview specified there are six major lands in it. Each land's ruled by a different demigod. I think through the screenshots we have identified either four or five of them. It's possible that, like, the forest areas that we see are also one of them. I can't really tell, like, if there's just forest everywhere or there's, like, a specific sort of Darkroot Garden-style area that's going to be, like, a significant forest. That's a good point. Yeah. They specified, again, that there's going to be a hub area that connects to six of them. Going to guess the hub is the Erd Tree? I think so too. Because it looks like it is the exact middle of the map. Yeah. Yeah. There is going to be fast travel as well as the horse. Um, this is something that we brought up. We're not entirely like certain how that will work. Because if they want to emphasize like this is a very long journey that you're going on and you're like going into uncharted territory and stuff. I think having access to like a fast travel system constantly might dilute that. We talked about this with regard to Dark Souls, where like because at the start of Dark Souls you don't have fast travel. When you go somewhere like the Catacombs or Blight Town or something, you feel like you are you are stuck in this place. Because you can't leave. Yeah. And that's a very different feeling to like something like Dark Souls 2, where it just goes off on a bunch of different like spokes and you can just flip between them as you see fit. Mm-hmm. Demon Souls is like another weird example of that because that has fast travel, but there's only two. I mean, technically there's three, but there's two because the third one is just the boss. Mm-hmm. There's like the three archstones per area. So you can travel back and forth, but each area is quite substantial, particularly somewhere like Valley of Defilement where like, you're really committed to being in the Valley of Defilement for a long time, even though fast travel exists. So 
I am wondering, like, how prevalent and accessible the fast travel actually is. So, based on, like, the design of the map with, like, the Erd Tree at the middle and then these spokes radiating off it, I'm wondering if, like, there's, like, little checkpoints around that will, like, will allow you to rest, but maybe traveling back to the hub might only be possible from certain major points in the game. Um, Dark Souls 2, even though it has fast travel, does something similar with the primal bonfires, where there's bonfires throughout the game that just act as bonfires and you can walk to and from them whenever you want to, but there's also primal bonfires that are just a warp point, and they are at the end of each path. So when you get to the end of the path, there is a point that sends you back to Majula. And like Dark Souls 1 does that as well, where like there's certain areas where if you go to them before you have the Lord Vessel, you can still warp back, like the Abyss. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they do that. They also said that the horse is not available when you're online. Interesting. It's it's just switched off, which makes me again wonder like so they expect you to navigate on horseback, but then if you're in co-op, you're not using the horse. Which makes me think that the world, I guess, they must also expect you to be able to do it on foot. I think they're going to change that with time, because how cool would it be to ride on a horse with all your friends through this terrain? Yeah. 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 About fast travel, I hope they adapt more of a fallout system where you need to discover a spot and then you can fast travel to it from anywhere. Yeah, that, that's how fast travel works in Dark Souls, though. No, you have to be at a bonfire to fast travel in Dark Souls. Oh, okay, you can fast travel from anywhere. Pretty much, yeah. yeah Maybe okay. an exception would be like, there are some dungeons that are too creepy to fast travel from and to... Just imagining that as like an on-screen element of the UI, just like, too creepy. You got spooked. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sam. Hi, Sophie here. There's an abrupt edit here, because Sin disappeared off camera for several minutes and then returned with a large sandwich, in a move that can best be described as on-brand. However, unlike the time she stopped a Crash Bandicoot playthrough for 40 minutes to make dumplings without telling anyone, this time it was brought to her by her father. If you'd like to help buy even more sandwiches for Sin, please visit patreon.com slash SinclairLaw. Back to the podcast. So something that really caught my attention was the way they talked about the area design making it so you can see very, very far ahead of you and sort of get a layout of the area before you enter it. Mm-hmm. I guess the other thing that, like, we talked about this a little bit, but we'll reiterate here, like, when you're online, you can set up a password that is not just for you and one other person, but it applies to everyone in, like, a little group. And everyone who's using that password has access to, like, their bloodstains and their, like, summon signs and stuff. So you can kind of, like, allegedly, from what I've seen, you could basically just co-op with people you know. Instead of it having to be literally one person that you know, who you're sharing a password with, you can just make that public and sort of, it's like having a guild and an MMO almost. Everyone sort of joins. They said there's going to be a hundred different skills in the game about 
100 skills and no skill tree, I guess you can just find them. And there's no prerequisites? What if... What if? Your character only gets one skill. <laughs> so to get all the 100 skills, you gotta make 100 mm. characters. It's like 100 different games in one. <laughs> the final thing I wanted to say is that they referenced something called the Blessing Guide. Okay. They didn't say exactly what it was, but I'm wondering if Blessing Guide is the name of Shanalot a lot. Maybe, yeah. If that if that's her like title, like Firekeeper, she's like Blessing Guide. You're onto something. Also, someone pointed out she might have the same VA as Yoshka. Oh my god, is the plot twist that at the very end you get to the final boss and Shanalot a lot takes off her cape and it's Yoshka? And she's like, seriously, are you a bird? <laughs> Thank you, Sin. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to part two of this Elden Ring analysis, in which Sophie and Finn attempt to decipher where things are located and how they are connected on the basis of screenshots. So now, we're gonna do the CSI thing again. Yes. Sophie's gonna share her screen and show us the discovery she's made in the past 48 hours. This is nice because these are very, very nice high-res screenshots. Um, the resolution is so high that I think they've probably been touched up a little. This is one that gives you a good sense of the world design. Mm -hmm. We can see here, we talked about this a little bit last time, but you can see how it's kind of laid out. So this is the the castle that seems to be like most of the trailer. Mm-hmm. It's got these very distinctive towers at the front that you can always kind of see in the background. Mm -hmm. And you can see that is at the end of this bridge here that connects to the Erd Tree. Right. This is why we're saying the Erd Tree is likely the center, because there's the Erd Tree, there's all these towers coming off, the towers all seem to lead somewhere. So that's likely the hub you'll just go. It's basically like Demon Souls with the Archstones, but... Um, it's making the paths physical. So instead of like you walk from the nexus to the archstone, like you're just walking there. Mm -hmm. As you can see, the, the bridges are shattered. You could not actually cross these. So what's going to happen likely is you'll have to go down and you'll have to walk from there, like around to here. So that's presumably like, this is where the open world thing comes in, because you should be able to get from A to B, but you can't. And then the world is, is your means of getting there. And you can actually see if we have a look here. Um, there's like a lot of architecture down here. So like, there's like a little archway here, a little archway. Um, this is all like, this isn't sort of like a canyon. This is actually like, this is all paved and like made of stone. The world like seems like it is like all of this is sort of explorable. I know that's like so that's obvious why you're saying that. Because if you think about like Dark Souls 3, which is like I keep coming back to it because that also has a similar sort of 
thing with like a, with a giant bridge that connects everywhere. Right. Like there's a city and a mountain you can see that's just sort of like copies of the undead settlement um, assets to basically make it look bigger, but you never go there. And like when you're in Yarnum, they bulk out the horizon of Yarnum with all of these buildings that you never actually go to. So like here, I feel like normally like the game would actually just be this part here. And then this would just be like, that would be detail on the map, but you're not supposed to get, it would just be like a kill plane if you ever fell down. Like there'd just be nothing there, essentially. But it looks like, no, they there is like a little archway and stuff down there. It connects to other places. So presumably all of this, all of this big wide mess you can go to. I love it. Yeah. So talking about where everything is, this is something that we finally sort of get now. So Something that we talked about in the first video about the trailer was that this castle here seems to be at war with dragons. Mm-hmm. Because we saw this volcano that was full of dragons, and outside there was a banner that was the banner of this castle. And then inside the castle, there was the guy who had a dragon head for an arm. And the guy who may have had a dragon's tail on his back. And it's like, it's sort of created this sense that, oh, are they killing the dragons and then grafting bits of dragon onto themselves to become stronger? Yeah. And I think this is sort of leaning toward that because if you look at what's directly next to it, it's the volcano where the dragons are. So they're like, they're actually adjacent to each other. That's amazing. Yeah. And we'll come back to it later on, but like, these things here, you can't see them, but they are they are dragons. Um, they're much easier to see up close, obviously. So we have two areas. So we've got, like, castle, volcano. Okay, so the third place we see is this castle here. And I am not 100% on where that is in the trailer. But what we do have next to the this sort of fortress wall thing is we have this tree right mm-hmm. and obviously like there's a lot of trees in elden ring but the very large dark tree is something that we actually see in some of the other screenshots specifically there so i am wondering if basically this tree is also this tree mm-hmm. and we're seeing it from two different angles because if it is, then, like, this place here might be, like, it might be that, but that looks wrong. That looks like a different shape. There's no sort of wall. Although this could be a wall, I suppose. So, basically, I'm wondering if, like, these are the same place. Interesting. So, if there are six areas in the game, then... From the screenshot, we're getting one, two, three already. Mm-hmm. And then round here, we talked about this before, but this place over here is an area you can see. It looks like it's the snowy area. Um, we can tell it's the snowy area because of this very distinct sort of bowl-shaped tower. Um, I'll go get that. That was in the leaked trailer. It was when they said the word franchise. 
The real F word. <laughs> that sort of bowl thing there is that bowl thing there. <laughs> and you can see that, like, the character is approaching on horseback, but they seem to be approaching from, like, around about here. <laughs> so if we turn that off and then we zoom in, we can see that back here there is a castle. There's, like, a tower sticking out there. And then we have like the little bowl thing. So let's just go back to highlighting. If we line them all up like this, we've got one, two, three, four areas of the six, presumably just visible in the trailer. That's amazing detective work. Um. Also, if we assume the Erd tree is the middle of the map, so it's going like one, two, three, four, presumably five and six are down here and they're just not visible because of where we are positioned. Mm -hmm. The character on the horse, which we keep calling a horse even though it looks like a cow. Yeah, it looks adorable. Yeah, presumably they are coming from like area five or area six. They're like looking out from there over the rest of the map like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there we go. We have our um, four areas there, and as we go on, there's places I don't recognize, so I suspect we have actually seen maybe five or six of them already. Mm -hmm. So, okay, next one. So this is, again, like you can see once more, nothing new really. We've got the, the cauldron... So we've got, again, we've got the volcano and we've got the, the main castle, I guess. Something I wanted to point out here with regard to area design and stealth and stuff mm -hmm. is that as the character is jumping, you can actually see below there are, there are what look like enemies. Yeah. Yeah. So that one there is definitely like, that's, that's just a person in armor. These things here, I think, are lanterns that are, like, marking this. You can see there's a road that goes along here. So they're probably just road signs. This sort of interested me here because it looks like a statue of a person. Remember in the... Um, I'll go find it. Remember when they're going down into the, the dungeon thing? If it's the same person or a similar thing? Yeah, well, they've got a hood on. Which maybe doesn't tell you that much, but that does look like a statue of someone in a robe, like with the sleeve hanging down. What I'm wondering, basically, is that one of the demigods? I see. Well, something we keep bringing up is, like, is there a bearded guy with three eyes in this? Because, like, it's <laughs> not a very high-resolution image that I'm dealing with here, but, yeah. like, I just want to point out, like, okay, maybe he's just got a lot of forehead creases, but, like... <laughs> He looks like there's, like, something going on with his forehead. Like, I can very easily see that that might open up. <laughs> Those four pixels might open up. <laughs> it doesn't really look like forehead wrinkles to me. I see what you mean, but it's very low resolution, so... Like, I'm still wondering, is that... Is that, like, the land of the guy with three eyes? Yeah. Yeah. There's also um, this little, like, church, I guess, here that 
I don't think that's its own land. That does look like a wall, though. Um, if that's a land, then, like, it's it's actually behind the main castle, so that would be... This is what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it's actually this, if it's, like, the Erd tree is here. And then the paths just go like this. Like, they're mostly over one side. Because, like, from what I've seen, the map is very heavily weighted in this direction, if there are only the six areas, because, like, you've got got the main castle we've got the volcano we know that the um other places over here and then if like that's also an area then like four of the six are over this side of the map and the earth tree is here yeah so it's like like it may not be the exact center it may be the center in the sense you travel from it but like that all seems to be over this side Another thing I wanted to point out in this is that um, there's a lot of birds. There's just like birds. It's rare, basically, that you see animals that aren't enemies in Souls games. Because, <laughs> like, Yarnum has giant monster crows that try to kill you, and then there's tiny little normal crows that just sit there and fly away if you approach them. These two look super cute, though. Yeah, well, there's a bird later on. There's also, like, some other detail we can see in the background here. Like, this is obviously, that's not a natural formation. That's, like, a perfect sort of rectangular tower. It looks like it has a little window in the middle, too. Yeah, yeah. There's shots of what we assume is the interior of the volcano. Like, this is from the inside of the volcano, and, like, it's not just a purely natural sort of, like, volcano area there's structures in it so I, i'm wondering if it's going to be a little like shelva in dark souls 2 where it's like a city that is built inside of a large natural formation so there'll be like a volcano city sort of encasing it you know what else it's making me think of what i'm having a complete blue screen of death in my head right now remember the lover in dark souls 1 <laughs> oh demon ruins Demon ruins. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes me think of demon ruins because there's this whole lava fire thing, but also yeah. like buildings inside. Yeah. Um, something else is these sort of like crucifix things. They kind of look like the crucifix things from Dark Souls 3. They show up in another screenshot. They show up when the player is summoning help with the Tesseract. And is that an enemy to the left? It, I think it is, yeah. That looks, it look, almost looks like they have a crossbow there. And that kind of makes sense as a sniper position. But, I, oh, ah, there's another one over here. Okay. I think they have a really cute hat. <laughs> so the reason I'm pointing them out is that this is the ridge that you see when the, when the um, player is summoning with the Tesseract. And you can see that. There's the same things. Very cool. So this is a case, like, it's going to come up a bunch, but it's like, I don't know if those are the same things. Or if it just means that crucifixes everywhere are really common. Yeah. Also, like, there's this area. They mention that, like, okay, there's a lot of places that aren't. They call the main dungeons the legacy, basically. Mm-hmm. But you can see here there's a bunch of little ruins. Like, there's this place here that kind of looks like the ruined filing shrine from Dark Souls 3. 
with like the ruined tower poking up. Um, there's like this little place over here. To put it in your terms, kind of like Fallout, <laughs> where there's just like sort of buildings dotted about. It looks very much like that. Yeah. I think that'd be all for that one. Okay, so this is... This is one of the kingdoms I couldn't quite identify because I don't recognize the towers, but I think this might actually be the kingdom that we saw that had the big black tree next to it, just because it looks like it's a series of like very high walls with that sort of distinct tower design. I'm not sure, though. Um, something about this kingdom, though, is that like it sort of looks like each kingdom has its own heraldry, like its own set of colors. And these guys have red and green. And there's other places where we'll see people who have like red and green or blue and green or green and yellow. And I think those might be the colors of each kingdom. So if we find someone else who has red and green, I think we can assume they're from the same place. That's a good point. Also, something else that I, I meant to bring up earlier, but I forgot. We talked a bit about the designs on the clothing of the characters and the way that like our character, the Tarnished, seemed to have, like, runic designs on their armor. Yeah. And I'm wondering if, like, that is a legacy of them having been cast out of this place. Mm. Like, they are they are wearing the designs of lords from the lands between. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were wearing when they were cast out, and they've now come back and they're still wearing them. Interesting. Yeah. You know the knight that we're fighting with? Yeah. I love their helmet. It's making me think of something, but I can't quite picture it. The Ruined Sentinels. Well, is it the Ruined Sentinels? Well, no, it's a specific type of helmet called a Frogmouth helmet that, like, it just looks really goddamn weird. And um, from, like, using them. <laughs> You're right, though. It was the Ruined Sentinels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> One thing that From cannot do wrong is the outfits. I love That's all their true. outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, also, I guess, like, it's kind of obvious, but we'll talk about it now anyway. I think I know where you're going with this. The knight is wearing an Umbrella Corporation pin. You know what they are? They absolutely are. <laughs> Well, I mean, it makes sense. There's like, well, like the zombies and everything. Look, I got news for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So like, if you think Elden Ring isn't a science fiction game and it's all going to be medieval. Okay. Explain this. Oh my God. Yeah. Is this from Elden Ring? Yes. <laughs> You've met the Arm King. He is the Arm Queen. Is she the final boss of Queensfield? It's possible. OMG! This game just got so good. <laughs> so here, we see the coast a fair bit. Um, obviously, like, the coast just seems to be an open field. I don't think we are, like, it's not going to be what they call legacy area. And um, I'm wondering if the coast is actually where we start. 
because there's that voiceover that's like, oh, you crossed the sea of fog all the way here, which makes me think, like, okay, we came across the sea. We can sort of see as well, like, this character's got uh, some sort of red heraldry. Sure. They look like they might have red and green. Um, it's sort of hard to tell, though, but, like, that might be a red in- from the red and green kingdom. I love their look. The yeah. fur and the helm. Yeah. And, you know, they have white hair coming out of the top. Yeah. And we have white hair coming out of the top. Yeah. But that might be, like, we talked about the gods having different physical features. So maybe, like, the the sort of long-flowing white hair is something that one of the gods has. Yeah. Like, the, the Lothric-looking arm dude is covered in, he has, like, very long white hair. Oh, that's so true. He has a cool chain, too. Yeah. Here's the giant beast patient. This is like, I used to think maybe this is one of the, um, those like giant sort of things that we see. Mm-hmm. But like, it straight up looks like it doesn't have a face. It just has this mass of what seem to be tentacles. Uh-huh. Could it be like hair or something? I don't know. But the thing that I'm interested in with it is it's got a shawl on and... The shawl seems quite nice. Like it's a very ornate sort of design on the shawl. And yeah, that just makes me wonder, does it just wear this or was that put on it? You know what I'm picturing right now? What? Do you see her, I guess, right hand? Yeah. It looks like she's pointing at the player character being like, looking good. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to add a fashion police enemy. <laughs> also, I guess worth pointing out the um, horse goat cow has gold horns. Oh, it's true. I see that. Yeah. 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 Gold eyes as well. Gold eyes and also what seems to be like a double sort of pupil. Mm-hmm. Like the, the pupil is like a, it's either two pupils sort of fused together or a slit. Yeah. Um, not not like a normal horse, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll be some sort of, like, divine horse. I'm just, I mean, that's presumably why you can summon it. It has this, like, cavity in its chest that the other giants also have, but this head is bizarre. Like, I don't understand. I don't know if, like, is that a beard? Is that, like, is it like a, a brain sucker with tentacles? Are they worms? Because I'm sort of wondering if, like, is it dressed like this to hide what it is by someone else? Like, oh, nothing. Don't worry about what we're transporting. <laughs> or is it that, like, it's really deformed, so it's trying to hide its face? Do you know what I think? What? I think they felt pretty today. So they're like, I'm going to put on my nicest shawl and go for a walk in the woods. And that's why they're, like, handed, looking good. I oh. think that's how they dress. Okay. So we can get a bit of a better look at Shanalot a lot here. <laughs> Official name. Official name. You can see that we can see her hair. So she's got like, it doesn't look terribly long because it's overlapping her collar. So I'm guessing it's like, like collar length, maybe hair. Unless her hair is more in the back though, underneath the hood, maybe like a bun 
Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the questions that came up was like, do you think it's the woman who's shattering the Elden Ring at the beginning? I don't think so. No, because like that woman slash man slash we're not entirely sure because it keeps changing. They had um like very long like fair hair and she looks like her hair is shorter and it's sort of reddish brown. Unless she cut it and dyed it to hide her identity. That's possible, yeah. Again, like she's got this clasp, it's like a gold clasp because gold, gold, gold. She's got what see she's got like leather boots on as well. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me think this is probably like a traveling outfit that she's wearing, just because it, it seems practical. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about like what the firekeeper or the herald or whatever are wearing, it's like sim- it's like a, a priestess outfit. It's like it's symbolic. It's not designed to be practical. Yeah, they're like you. They get shoes. Yeah, whereas she is just dressed like she's wandering around. So I think her um her getup is that. Mm-hmm. So it may actually not be that she's trying to hide who she is. This may just be practical. Mm-hmm. I can see your point, but I'm leaning toward like she's hiding something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, like not super interesting because this tower happens everywhere, but like there's one of those like Elden Ring towers in the background, like the towers that connect to the earth tree. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we talked a bit about heraldry. Mm-hmm. These guys have the blue and red heraldry. Okay, cool. And I think that's important because later on we see one of these big giant things, and it's with a kingdom that was from memory. I think it was yellow and green. So. I think, like, these big guys are just going to be a feature of the world. I don't think they're going to be, like, tied to one specific place. Because they seem to just be showing up everywhere. I don't know if we see this design anywhere else, but it kind of looks like wings. But I think we see wings later on in a more significant way. Um, The other thing I want to point out about this is that... Um, these characters here, I mean, they could just be very sick, malnourished people, but to me, if I saw those, I'd assume those were like Dark Souls Hollows. You can see, like, they're, they're very, very gaunt, their hair has fallen out, they are, like, the way they are standing is, like, off, like, they're sort of lurching as they move. (laughs) And, like, that makes me think that there's going to be, like... Straight up, like, zombies and hollows in this. Yeah. It's not just going to be knights, yeah. Sophie? Yes, Sin? So this whole scene reminds me of Berserk a little bit. Yeah? I don't remember when this happens exactly, but Guts is traveling in a chariot with some people. Yeah. And then they all get attacked by a bunch of zombies at night in a forest. And this kind of gives me a similar feel. Yeah. If we look up here, interestingly, we can see those spires that have the sort of little windows in them. Hmm. That we also see in that kind, it kind of looked like Irithyll looking sort of like blue cathedral. So I'm wondering if like that is 
they're sort of beneath there. There's another spire over here. So, like, this might be adjacent to the sort of the watery area where the character you said was Emil was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, also, this is this is interesting. The top of this, to me, that looks like it is a coffin. And I think, like, you probably could have people inside it because it's raised very high off the ground. But I think this is like a catafalque, which is like a like a raised sort of like a plinth that you place a, like a coffin on, like a sarcophagus. So that's what I think this is. And that might also explain like why there's all these zombies, because that seems to me like, is this just like the death area? Like there's like zombies... And then there's, like, a big kind of cart that's probably got a corpse in it. And, like, we know specifically that, like, George R. R. Martin in Game of Thrones has this, like, army of ice zombies. <laughs> and also, like, Miyazaki specifically cited um, Fever Dream mm-hmm. as, like, one of his favorite Martin stories, which is about vampires. And also, like, it's fucking Miyazaki. So... I, I am wondering if, like, this is, like, a, a straight-up, like, vampire or undead area. Because you know the thing about, like, this is, like, an old piece of, like, vampire lore, but the idea that um during the day they sleep in the coffin and they, they travel around by having the coffin carried in, like, a carriage. So I'm wondering if that's what this is, if it's, like, some character who's being, who's, like, in the coffin being transported from area to area. Interesting. This kind of makes me think of Aldrich from Dark Souls 3. When you fight the apostles, are they guarding the coffin of Aldrich? They are guarding the coffin of Aldrich, yeah. So it kind of makes me think of these undead are guarding the coffin of someone important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and maybe it's a thing where when you attack it and kill them, that person's going to come out and kick your butt. Yeah, and that's interesting because it seems to be moving across the map. Yeah. So if that if this were like a boss fight, it'd be interesting to see how that articulates because mm-hmm. presumably it could stop anywhere. It's not going to have an arena. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. Two interesting things in this one. Um, this is one of the spirits. It's a bird. Yay! One of the things we had talked about you weren't just going to be limited to summoning, like, NPC versions of the player. You were going to get, like, monsters you could summon. And that there seems to be one of them. That is, like, a bird that you are summoning. We can see that the character's got the little tesseract thing. <laughs> and they're using it to call this bird, and the bird has a little hat on. This is officially the best Souls-like ever created. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, like, really interesting that you um you have this, like, thing that's not comparable to the player that is fighting for you. Are you going to say the obvious thing that you're thinking? What am I thinking? Do, 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 do. Sophie! Oh my goodness! If they add throwing knives, you can be Hibari. Hi, 
Hi, Sophie here. You might think the constant references to something called Katekyo Hitman Reborn is a weird in-joke we have on the podcast because clearly this anime can't be real if you've never heard of it, but apparently there's hundreds and hundreds of episodes, but it is real, it is real, and Sin made me watch uh, the first 33 of them. There's a character called Hibari, and he's every single brooding high school boy ever. But because Sin doesn't really watch shonen anime, this uh, character type struck her as, as immensely creative. If any of our little interludes about Katekyo Hitman Reborn have made you curious about watching it, please leave a comment below explaining why. Back to the podcast. Again, going back to, like, kingdom colors, this is red and green. Is the dress red and green or blue and gold? <laughs> so, yeah, the heraldry of this kingdom is red and green. A few people mentioned this to me, and here's a good example of it, that the the cobblestones on the road all have designs on them. Mm-hmm. And, like... I'm wondering if, like, that is that, like, each sort of kingdom has its design stamped on the road. Because if that's true, that would help you sort of orient yourself as to where you were going. Like, this one, um, we talked about one that had, like, a lion design. This seems to be a serpent. Or, like, a dragon. It seems to have, like, like um, horns down its back. And, like, a, it may even be a sea serpent. I'm not sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out about this area is remember when we were talking about like there's a still of the cat i'll go find it this is shot of a character who is using wings to fly backwards yeah i remember one of the things i suggested there was like was basically do you think that the the wing thing like because the wings were gold is it going to be that like that's one of the fragments of the Elden Ring that you find is like this sort of wing thing. Because if like each of these kingdoms is defined by a fragment of the Elden Ring, then this might be the kingdom that you get the wing power in. So it's like Crash Bandicoot. You defeat the bosses and you get a special power. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because like, this might be, like, the kingdom of the people with the wings. And when you get to the end of this, you'll get that, like, Elden Ring wing fragment. And that'll let you fly for a limited time. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sin. So, again, like, we have the, um... These, like, troll guys again. And like we talked before, they were with a kingdom that had a different heraldry than this. Earlier, you noticed an interesting detail about the troll. Yes, they have a pig snout. How cute! They're cute trolls! <laughs> so what this sort of, like, emphasizes is, like, these things just seem to exist in the world. They don't seem to be, like, tied to a specific place or a specific faction. So I'm guessing they're just, like, roaming monsters that are working for various kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Because earlier it seemed like they, um... They might have been like some weird golem that was created just to pull that caravan thing. Mm -hmm. And I also wondered if like they were enslaved, like all of them were slaves. Mm -hmm. 
um, because they had the harpoons through them. But like, it seems like the ones pulling the cart might be enslaved, but just in general, they seem to be sort of everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Also, their hair is made of like tree. Yeah, they actually remind me of like some of the designs from the Ring City. Where they're like hollowed out, but then their bodies are sort of made out of these weird branch things. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, also there's uh there's the Tesseract. <laughs> and again, like um this is like red and green, and then we have interestingly green and yellow. So again, like this is another question of I don't know if like are they invading the green and yellow kingdom or is like the green and yellow kingdom invading them? Was that left there by a player? I don't really know. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to make out the design on it, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be the tree design that we've seen, but although it does fuck. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I was expecting the tree design to sort of come down like this and then go off into like the top there. But if you look closely, that half of it is the tree. Discovery is live. So you can see, like, there's like the top, and then the roots are down there, trees there. Anyway, okay. Okay, so here we have more undeath. So that horse is. That is an undead horse. I think we can agree. It's really, really undead. <laughs> undeath looks like it's like. It's still a thing in this, even if we're not, like. It's not as big on, like, ooh, and death. Um, interestingly, this dude seems to have gold teeth. Oh, wow. And again, like, has the crown on, which suggests some sort of, like, lordship or playing at lordship. And again, like, we have, this is the blue and red kingdom, it looks like. There's the blue edging along the armor that he's wearing. And like the blue and the red over and over again. And again, it's someone with multiple arms. And they remind me a lot of the, um, what you called the pretty princess, the the centipede thing. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is like leading to that area. Mm -hmm. That sort of like waterway area. Um, it made me wonder if it is. The Anirlando area. Um, well, not quite. Um, they might be the same, but the Emil place. Yeah, but we agreed that the Emil place is the Anorlando place. Well, it might be. Um, this is what I'm talking about. Like, here's our Emil place, and you can see it has these quite distinct blue flowers growing in the water. Mm-hmm. And if you look down here, there's blue flowers growing in the water. So, again, it's like, I don't know if that means there's um, one kind of blue flower and we're seeing it in the one place, or there's just blue flowers everywhere. Other thing very interesting is, like, what this is. There's just these glowing, like, shapes in the forest. Yeah. And, like, I'm... Oh, actually, I think this might be the Emil place, because that looks like another collapsed spire. Yeah. Other reason I think this might be the waterway area is that dome there. Very similar design to that dome. Um, I don't think it's the same dome because that one is like 
obviously much smaller. Like that's like a real big deal cathedral dome thing. But um, if you look at like, like it's the same kind of design. Like they look like they're from the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With like, there's like the dome with the like triangular parts and the spire. Also like the, um, well actually we'll look at the not an Orlando place. Mm-hmm. Like the way the towers are designed and everything is very close. Mm-hmm. I think like the waterway area is what leads to this sort of weird. I want to call it a blue place, but like I also know time of day is a thing. Yeah. So I don't entirely know if like the blue is natural or the blue is just the time of day. There's clearly like this blue energy flying around it. Yeah. It's not like that doesn't look natural. Mm-mm. It doesn't look like it just happens to be night. It looks like Aurora Borealis is localized entirely within this kingdom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, like, these probably are the same. And it may even be, like, that is just the front and that is the back. It would sort of make sense. Like, that doesn't look like an entryway. You can see, like, there's, like, a big... It goes around there and up into there. I'm assuming the boss is in here. So, yeah, I think, like, that is probably the front of that, and what happens is that, like, you'll go through and then, like, pop in there. And then, like, the boss will be, like, here, I think, or something. This is the castle that we keep seeing. Absolutely looks like, like, so much of the trailer is focused on this place. Yeah. One of the things Miyazaki said in the interviews is that it's kind of open world, but there's sort of a way you're supposed to do it according to him that like it will sort of nudge you in a certain direction and some places might not be immediately accessible so not like demon souls because mm-hmm. like demon souls right off the bat like yes you have to be boletaria one but once that's done like everywhere else is open you can go to any place you want and start exploring there yeah so given the prominence of this castle I am wondering if, like, is this somewhere that, like, you can't get to until late in the game? Because it seems like it's really important. If it's that important, it would be weird if you could go there right away. But it's important according to the trailers. Well, it's where the guy with all the arms is. Maybe he's the first boss we meet. I mean, maybe. And also, like, just from the map, like, this seems to take up a lot of real estate. Like, it's very prominent. (laughs) You can sort of see it from everywhere. It may even be like Boletaria, where like you can get to this place and then it's like you can't go through this gate until we say so. So you have to do other places and come back because it does look so significant. Other thing to point out in the sky, you might think those are crows or something. They're dragons if you look at the body type. Like they're not, that's not a bird. That's something with like an extremely long neck. It could be a swan. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Okay, it's a swan. (laughs) Thank you, Sophie. This is giving me Dark Souls 2 vibes. Dark Souls 3 toward the end. Yeah. Remember in Dark Souls 3 when we have those butterflies or whatever in the sky? Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, wow, where's this going? And then the game ended. Okay, so um, Uncle Miyazaki's arm stand is next. 
So what one thing I wanted to point out is if you look at the arms that are hanging upright. Yeah. Um, they're not like just severed arms. They're actually arms joined together. Yeah. So they have a hand at either end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you know what, Sophie? Yeah. It's a giant walk-in closet. You have stuff on the ceiling in your closet? Who doesn't have hooks hanging from the ceiling in their closet? <laughs> Chandeliers and dinner tables. <laughs> okay, so on the subject of where this is, right? That is the same lion design that is on that main castle. So I'm assuming this is actually the interior of the big castle that we keep seeing. I think so, and it would make sense because the Arm King loves arms. <laughs> This character here, other people pointed this out to me. This was a piece of concept art that was floating around for a while and people said, oh, this is Elden Ring. And there was like no evidence it was Elden Ring. It just sort of looked like it should be. I'm not sure what the origin was, but like that concept art is now in the Elden Ring trailer. So yes, it was Elden Ring. And um, what's interesting given like the lion motif everywhere is that that seems to be a lion. Like, they seem to have a lion pelt. Yeah. Like a giant lion scarf. And, like, this dude is sort of interesting, because, like, do you think he is the um, the red-headed giant that we see? Okay, so, like, there, there's our red-headed giant. I think he might be the arm dude or an ancestor of the arm dude. I don't really know. Um, I don't think it's him because this guy's got a big beard. And I know that people are capable of shaving, but, like, it's a fucking video game. Like, <laughs> the other thing about this is, like, that guy's got the long white hair that a lot of other characters seem to. So I'm wondering, again, if, like, are the characters with the long white hair from this place? Like, is that what they've taken after? They've taken after his, like, very unique hair. So last time we talked about these, like, hanging, I guess, chandeliers. You can see what I think is the same kind in the trailer. Like, the, the leaked one. Like, that looks to be the same kind of design. And if so, then it's also the place where the arm guy from the trailer is the guy who was like the first thing we saw who was offering the arm. And like, obviously that links in with like all of these arms hanging up. So it looks like an awful lot of this game, at least as far as the trailer is concerned, seems to be this like arm King castle. I know like it's a trailer and they're maybe leaving stuff, but like that's, it seems like it's so significant. They just never stop like, yeah. like mentioning it. Yeah. I'm wondering if the the arm thing, like, if it really is, like, all over the world, or if it's just in this arm kingdom, but the arm kingdom is really, really important. I tend to go with the second option. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm wondering, is, is, like, is the arm place the equivalent of, like, an Orlando? Is it, like, the place that we're sort of moving toward all game? Where the significant shit is happening? Mm-hmm. 
And you know how the bionic Valkyrie lady? Yeah. She has this golden arm. Yeah. So I wonder if she's in the kingdom where golden additions are important. Yeah, maybe. Sophie. Yes. I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. If there are vampires in this one, they're going to be in the blue castle. Yep, probably. (laughs) We get a better look at the Arm King in this one. Yeah. Who I think is the Arm King. The problem is like this, and I think there's actually two of these. Because there's this guy, and then there's the guy with the dragon arm, and I don't know if he just has a bunch of arms he can attach. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, um, so we get a sense here, like, that looks to be like, it's the blue and red design again. So I'm wondering, is like, is all the blue and red stuff from this kingdom? Oh, you know what? What? I think someone on our Discord mentioned this or linked to this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see the design on their scarf? The, the, like, the helix one. Yeah. And someone said yeah. it looks like an eye of the cyclops. It does, yeah. We see. It do- yes. Yeah, it has the same, like, multiple pupil pattern. Yeah. And we know that, like, um, they make a point that the the blessed ones, the blessing is in the eye. Uh, does he have? He doesn't have gold eyes, does he? No. His eyes are, like, he looks, has corpse eyes. So I'm wondering if, like, the the messed up eye is, like, that's a sign of the blessing leaving or it's been replaced with something else. I guess, like, the, the question that keeps coming up and we don't really know is, like, they talk about the gods going mad from the Elden Ring and it corrupting them. And I'm wondering, like, how much of it was, like, were they always like this and they just got worse? Or are they – because there's the one we saw before of the – The snake guy, seemingly before he was a snake, is like one of the images. So you know how we talked about blue versus gold? Yeah. There's a lot of blue in the trailers. Like the Anerlonda looking place is blue. The light in the cave where the bearded man is holding a plate or a book is blue. The scene in the leaked trailer when the moon is being summoned, there's blue there. There's the stag and that whole thing is blue. The screenshot with Griffith in the dungeon, we connected it to Blue and Orlando last time, but you can also see some blue in the window. We also have some blue in the magic we use, but I don't know if that's related at all. And the final shot is a knight kneeling and the background's kind of blue looking. So that does make me wonder if there's a conflict between the blue and the gold. And if at the end of Elden Ring, you sort of have to make a choice, like, do you link the blessing or do you paint the world blue or something like that? Paint the world blue. Paint the world blue. Okay, well, I'd like to add something to that, right? Which is that if this is the blue place, what seems to mark it out um, is that you cannot see the earth tree. Oh! It seems to be the one outdoor place where the Erd tree can't be seen. Which makes me think it's like, like literally and metaphorically, it's like in the shadow of the Erd tree. It's like a place that is so, like the blessing has completely left, so the gold light doesn't touch it at all. Yeah. Yeah. So we do see the undead horse and the undead 
person here. Yeah. So I wonder if there's a connection between the undead and the blue area specifically. I think there might be, because it would make sense that, like, this is the place that the gold has completely left, so everything is a corpse, because there's, like, no life anymore. Is the blue place where people get cast out when the blessing doesn't want them? Maybe, but at the same time, it says, like, we crossed the sea to get here. Right. And this seems to be just part of the lands between. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Sophie here. This podcast has been going for far, far too long. Who do we think we are, Sister Frida and Father Ariandel? Anyway, this is going to be a short intermission to give you time to stand up and stretch your legs a bit. As someone who spent so long writing her dissertation that she got sciatica, this is very, very important advice. That's right, they're not all jokes. Some of them are useful advice. We'll see you after the intermission. So here we are in the ant level. We talked about this last yes. time. Yeah, we did. Um, I guess we covered it all pretty much last time. It's not really new. Mm-hmm. Um, something we didn't talk about, and it's obvious, but may as well, is that there's a crate here. Which means that, like... This probably isn't like, oh, we're wandering into an ant nest. It's like probably like a Kingsfield scenario where people were mining and they found the nest. Yeah. Because it would explain why there's like a box here. And like there's a lot of like there's that's obviously a dead human corpse. There's what look like human bones everywhere. So, Or even if like it was already a mine and the ants have taken it over because it seems like humans have a lot of contact with this area. Yeah. And it also seems like... However it started, ants kept killing people and bringing them here. Yeah. That's a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) This, again, we sort of covered this. um... So here's the guy who looks like the snake man. And um, something that we couldn't really see in like the sort of lower res version we had before is that Xenolalia actually pointed this out to me because she, she looked at a better version of that. Um, he has snakes on his arm. Oh my God. Yes. Yes, he does. So if we think back to some of the heraldry that we saw before, there was a snake shield. Like I'm fairly sure that's a snake. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. So I'm wondering if like, are they all connected? Like, is this like the Snake Kingdom? I think so. That would make a it lot of sense. It might be, yeah. Yeah. Sophie, I had a vision. Uh-huh. The vision is wrong, but I want to share it with you anyway. Certainly. I had the vision of the snake guy, the snake king, back when he was a human, really loving snakes. Yeah. And then getting the shards made him morph into a snake being yeah so it's like the proximity to the shard or whatever that makes you transform into something else based on something that's already in your entourage this is the interesting question when we talk about hybridization do you think he physically turned into a snake 
Or do you think he found a snake and decided to stick parts of his body on it so he could keep living? I think it's the second one. I know my vision is wrong, but I just wanted to share. Yeah. I think my vision may have been influenced by the fact that my boyfriend has been watching a lot of Flash and I've been listening to it in the background. And there when the explosion happened, people who are in proximity of certain things got certain powers or something. I thought he was going to say he's been watching a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) That would make a lot of sense. That's how mutagen works. Yeah. You know that shield? Yeah, it's got a spike on it. I think that kind of looks like the shield that the Angel Wings Knight has. Yeah, hang on. Can you double check? I'm kind of going off memory. I can, I can. Where is it? I think it is. Oh my god, did I just do a lore? It's very similar. That also explains, like, if this is the kingdom with the... um. Hang on, I'm, I'm very excited now. <laughs> All right, so if the wings are also these wings, right, then in that same shot with those wings is, I'll come back, is the snake. And you know how snakes are imperfect dragons and dragons fly? Yeah. That's all I got. No, it's sort of like the idea of like a winged snake kind of makes sense. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. If we can look at her, like she's got... um. Those are either boots or like leggings or... I don't think they're boots because that one just goes flat on the ground. You know what? They could be Uggs. Maybe one of her legs is missing. Like how people are missing arms. <gasps> Maybe the bottom half of her is a snake. Because she's from the Snake Kingdom. Oh my god. Oh my god. That would be amazing. Yeah. The face seems to have golden eyes. I don't know if that is actually her face or if that is a mask. It is very, very still and unnatural looking if it is a face. Like, it doesn't look like skin. It looks like metal. Yeah. It looks like a mask, but also this is not high resolution. But it does seem to be like a mask. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of the mask from Kingdom of Heaven, the Ridley Scott film. I'm going to smile and nod. Okay. So something else about the this guy who we think becomes a snake is there's like, they look like arms reaching up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like they're reaching out to grab him. It reminds me a lot of the... um. The Dark Souls 3 portrait that we couldn't really see very well with the sisters. Yeah, and then after the fight, it's destroyed. So you have like a tiny window in which to look at it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we're talking about snakes with wings, dragons. And it makes me wonder if this kingdom is cool with the dragons and the hand kingdom is not cool with the dragons. Right. It's a ridiculous hat. Look at it. It's got little bat wings and like <laughs> extra horn. and We touched on this before, but for people who don't watch 200 episodes of The Snap Covenant. Traitors, as we call them. 
what lore feel do you get from this picture? Honestly, it just makes me think of like an evil knight from a Lego set. It's like a very large, distinctive helmet with bat wings. (laughs) This is what it makes me think of. Yeah, so the the dynamic of, like, this sort of holy woman and the knight defending her is something that we have seen in Miyazaki things a lot. Uh, We saw it in Demon Souls with Australia and Gaal. We saw a sort of, I guess, failed version of it in um, Dark Souls with the knights defending Rhea. We saw it in Dark Souls 2 with, sort of in Dark Souls 2 anyway, with Vendrick and Velstart. We saw Frida and Wilhelm in Dark Souls 3. So, mm-hmm. Thank you, Sophie. Dark Souls 3 also, of course, has um, Egon and Irina, which is, again, like knight and maiden that sort of work together. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that she is ruling the kingdom in place of her husband because her husband has become a snake? It does kind of give off that vibe. Yeah, so she's like, oh, this is what he looks like. But also, she's wearing a mask, so maybe she's a snake as well. That's what I'm wondering. And, like, the idea of, like, the golden-eyed mask, again, it's like, everyone is sort of borrowing, like, the symbols of the people with the golden blessing. Mm-hmm. Like, crowns and masks and things, but they themselves don't seem to have them. And there's also, um, like, the other example like, is this guy, the guy we kept seeing in the concept art, where it's like wearing a robe with a golden eyed face on it mm-hmm. but like not allowing their own face to be seen because presumably they don't have the blessing yeah yeah oh my god sophie do you know what this queen is doing with the mask and the thing covering her neck what is she doing she's trying to copy my pretty princess oh that's totally uncool She looks like a chess piece. So moving on to this. The fuck? (laughs) Well, we talked about this in the past and we figured it out. It's totally obvious. Can you explain perfectly what we're looking at? Okay, maybe we didn't figure it out completely, but... We think that this is the start of the game. And the hand is either Marika or a messenger of Marika or whoever that has the blessing or it is the blessing are sort of breaking you out of an asylum or a prison or an amusement park because you've been chosen to put the gods back in their place. Well, the thing is, like, what we can see now, because it's a decent quality image, is that you appear to be, you're in like an area covered in brick, like the, there's brick walls and like a pillar in the background. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know though if you're, if you're inside something or you're outside at night. <laughs> so you're just like, so why night you're just going outside of your house just to grab a smoke. Yeah. Just wandering out in your underwear as you often do. <laughs> giant hand breaks through the wall plucks you (laughs) 
Can I say what this hand made me think of? Yes. Our famous Bat Covenant <laughs> character, E.T. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people who are listening to this now um, know our E.T. character. No, well, it's not even our E.T. character. <laughs> E.T. is actually... It's actually a character in quite a popular film <laughs> that you just adopted because you started going, fuck yeah. In a voice I said sounded like E.T. And um, you were never allowed to never allowed to leave it. <laughs> Home E.T. No. <laughs> Where's the booze? <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sin. But you know I've been playing Batman Asylum lately? Yeah. And this hand gives me the scarecrow feel. Right. Yeah. This is the thing that to me was linking the the outdoor sort of watery area with the um uh the blue place. Right. And that's because the blue light, as well as the spiked house outside. Well, that and also... Um, oh, yeah, he's wearing a Mills helmet. It does look like he's wearing the same kind of helmet. And um, it's like we have like the same kind of like round helmet. So we can see here that like the same kind of collapsed spire imagery is being used, but they're not the same kind of spire, because these ones have these little, like, little jagged edges to them, and that one doesn't. But... If we look at that Anolondo kind of looking area, it's actually got both kinds. It's got completely flat ones and it's got spiked ones. Mm -hmm. So I think like this probably is the same place and there's just two different kinds of spy being used. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I wonder is why is the city sinking? Well, that's interesting because it seems to be the only one that's at ground level. Because all the other ones are raised up, like they're on like a, a plateau or a mountain or something. Oh my god, Sophie, and do you know how there's water in the mills area? Yeah. Do you think the whole place is like flooded and that's why it's sinking? Like the foundation isn't good? Well, yeah, I think it's it's collapsing like into like the ocean or something. Okay. It's collapsing into the, into the water. Yeah. Okay. Not necessarily the ocean, but like a river or something. But I'd say like just from the outside, like that's based on the outside, like that that is that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like they look very, very similar. Yeah. Like it's interesting because when I first looked at the blue on Orlando, yeah, I thought it was an interesting angle. But looking at it now, maybe it's literally tilted. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I guess what's interesting is like the guy has a metal mask on, but he's not wearing armor. Is he like a prisoner or something? Is this like a man in the iron mask situation? Because it, it looks like he is dressed to disguise his identity. Um, or, or at least like he's dressed to dehumanize him more than he's dressed for practical combat. Because like that, how do you even get this off? Like it, yeah, it like it's fitted to his head. You would have to like be able to unlock it or something to get it off. Mm-hmm. So it's and like one of the, you mentioned it reminded you of Griffith's hel Griffith's helmet. Yeah. Sorry, and like you mentioned it reminded you of Griffith's helmet when Griffith is tortured, mm -hmm. and like it may be like a similar situation. 
The other thing about it is it only seems to have one eye, because there's like a very obvious eye socket here, but then if you look here, it just looks melted, like it's been filled in. Yeah, it's a very odd, like there has to be something significant about this, that he's he's simultaneously wearing what looks like, like, like prisoner's rags, with what looks like a sort of man in the iron mask helmet that's like hiding who he is, but at the same time he's fighting us. So clearly he is not meant to be sympathetic. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay, second last one. Our plot friends. Yeah. So again, like, I am wondering, are there just pot people everywhere? Or does this mean these two places are connected? So Miyazaki mentioned that there would be mimics in Elden Ring. Yeah. But that they wouldn't be treasure chest mimics. Mm -hmm. Do you think these are pot mimics? Like this is just a regular pot and then <laughs> it comes to life and attacks you. Yeah. And we talked about it last time. Yeah. And you mentioned that maybe you'll be rolling into pots and one of them grabs you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also wondering, might these be like the crystal lizard equivalent as well? Because it, it looks like it's made of rock, and I'm wondering if, like, these scurry around, and then if you, like, are able to catch them, they turn into items. Because, like, it's not, it doesn't look like a person hiding in a pot, because it has obvious, like, sort of, like, three-toed, like, almost animal feet. Yeah. It doesn't look like a, and, like, the, the structure, like, it has very, very short legs and very long arms. So I don't think it's like a, a person hiding in a pot. It's like like a weird monster that is a pot. Yeah. What's yeah. that thing on top, the red thing? Is it a tree motif again? Oh, I think it might be. I think that might be a tree, yeah. Um, other thing I wanted to point out was in the middle, like, I don't know if that is a bloodstain or an item. <laughs> but it looks like it's something. <laughs> Like that looks like a UI. That looks like <laughs> it looks like a like a user interface thing. Like examine this. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like not enough games have different colored flowers. They'll all be like the one flower copy paste, and here like nah. In real life, flowers are like there's yellow ones and violet ones and blue ones, and they are all together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I guess, like, moving on to the end. Um, yeah, look at that. There's, like, a different rock. I guess it's just, like, not as detailed. This is what I mean about, like, I think a lot of these have been touched up after the fact. Because, like, this one here that's, like, the nice one with the big, like, Elden Ring logo. <laughs> there's way more detail than this one. Mm -hmm. But, like, they're both the same resolution from, from Bamco. So, like... Anyway. Lordy. Okay, there's like, that's a dragon, I think. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. That looks like a statue of someone holding something. This makes me think of a Bloodborne statue. I think it's where Viker Amelia is, where there's a woman holding a something. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's on the altar. It's the thing on the altar that's like dripping the thing onto Lawrence. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of see, like, places we've seen before. So, like, that seems to be the place with the spires there. There's that, like, 
tree and the sort of, it almost looks like a ruined like chapel on a hill that we keep seeing. There's the castle that's constantly being shown to us, the like important ones over there. This tower here that like, do you think it's this? I think that's pretty close. I think it's very close. Yeah. Oh, there's there's the statue of the guy with the robe. It's there. So I think that these two statues are definitely the same. Yeah. But the one holding the books, I think, is a different statue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so like over here, um, the arm is kind of interesting because it looks like it has golden bones drawn into it. And now I'm wondering if, like, is the blessing of gold something that's in your bones? And is that why they want to collect arms? There's all sorts of interesting notions here. Um, that's kind of interesting. There's like a, it almost looks like a sword from a bonfire. Is it a um, banner that's on fire or a sword that's on fire? It's really hard to tell. That is also like the placement of that is interesting. Because that just straight up looks like a pile of rags. Because one of the things I mentioned in that trailer that we saw like two years ago is that the corpses, quote unquote corpses, all seem to be empty suits of armor without people in them. And like, I think we're seeing that now because like, where is this guy's head? No, seriously, like this is a corpse. It is lying there. Where is the head? Why are we not seeing this? Like, why is that not there? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's hair there, but that could be from a helmet. And then, like, this is like, what do you? What even is this? This is like not a person. It just looks like some. It's just like a pile of clothes. So I am wondering, like, is it when you kill enemies in this game, do they actually just disappear? If people literally do disappear, that would conflict with this image where they're all hanging. I guess it depends on the person, because maybe if they don't have yeah. the blessing, maybe they don't disappear. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe that's just armor. But they're leaving on the ground. I don't know. Thank you, Sin. We'll mention this one thing before we go, which is that, like, we know that Elden Ring and the Dark Souls DLC, Dark Souls 3 DLCs were in parallel development, right? They worked on them at the same time. And something that, like, I've talked about a fair bit is that things from, from games, like, they bleed into each other when they're being developed. Mm -hmm. And the Millwood Knights. Right. They're kind of like Vikings, and they worshipped an ethereal magic oak tree. Which seems to be that. Hello. And then it specifies with the, the Millwood Knights that, like, one day they just disappeared and they left their belongings behind. They just left piles of empty armor behind, and that seems to be this. So I'm like, is that what's going on here? Hi, uh, Sophie here from CSI Elden Ring. So what you're looking at now is my attempt to match what we saw in the trailers with what is visible in the promotional image that they've released for the game. 
Some of these areas probably aren't like super important, uh, what they call legacy areas, but I did recognize them, like the statue, the tower near the giant, and the sort of tree and spire area. Um, I would guess that these six areas on the basis of this would be the Arm King Castle, the place that looks like Erythil, the place full of corpses, the volcano, the snow area, and where the beast people are. It's of course possible that some of those actually double up because we don't really know how insides and outsides exactly relate. Like it's, it's possible that the Beast Kingdom and the Snow Area are the same. I don't exactly know, but um, yeah, this is the um, best I can manage from the few little little screenshots we got of Elden Ring so far. Sophie, do the outro. That was the Snack Coven in episode 253. Oops, more Elden Ring. <laughs> Sin, if people still want to learn about Elden Ring, for some reason, <laughs> where should they go? Right here. What? <laughs> I ran the numbers. Yeah. And technically speaking, we can do a what, where, why on at least 28 separate characters. Based on the trailer. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sin, I've got a question for you. Yes. I've got a question yes. for you. I love Elden Ring. You've shown me everything in Elden Ring. It's great. But you know what else I really like and no one else is covering on YouTube? There's this anime that I used to watch called Katekyo Hitman Reborn. <laughs> <laughs> and even though I know, like, objectively it wasn't very good, I've always wanted someone. <laughs> To do a five-hour podcast on it. <laughs> do you know where I could find that? Well, you're in luck. What? We have a literal five-hour analysis of the first season of Katekyo Hitman Reborn right on this channel. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sin. Thank you everyone for listening, and see y'all next time! Bye! Bye! Sophie and Thin would like to thank all their viewers and all their patrons for all the support they've given them over the last three years. Thank you, and good night from all three of us.